Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Steve's Hot Dogs closed its last remaining location over the weekend. The news was a blow to hot dog lovers in St. Louis, and yet another reminder to restaurant lovers not to neglect old favorites. For its final week, the Tower Grove East Cafe saw lines stretching around the block. It even ran out of food and had to close early some days. I think it's proof that we don't always know what we've got until it's gone. So joining us today to discuss all the restaurant news, and particularly this month's new openings, are our friends from Sauce Magazine. That includes Heather Hughes-Huff. She's the managing editor of Sauce Magazine. Heather, thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. And we're also joined by Sauce Magazine's art director, Mira Nagarajan. Mira, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. So first off, Steve's Hot Dogs. This seems like one of these closings that just really struck an emotional chord for people. Heather, why do you think that was? I think it's been an institution for a while, and anything that has that much character, people become really attached to. Um, but it was so sad to see those lines. I don't live far away. And it's like, where have you been <laughs> if you love it so much? Um, it's a shame that they had to close. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's been a neighborhood institution for a long time. Yeah. We were reading through the comments on our Facebook post when we posted that it was closing. And somebody on there had said, because there was so much chatter about it and people just lamenting its closure. And one guy said, if any of you had just gone there once a month, <laughs> then it would it might still be here. And that's so true. I think it's like if you love a restaurant, the best thing that you can do for it is go there as often as you can and tell people that, you know, that your friends and your family to go because you love it too. And I think that's just, yeah, it's really sad. They were open for 11 years. It started as a hot dog cart. They cited road construction as one of the reasons for their closure, but mm. it is sad. Yeah, I think it's also, uh, we hear so much about the new restaurant openings and people get excited and there's this rush rush to go and you feel like a place like Steve's is going to be open forever. So you don't need to frequent it as often, but that's not true. Yeah, maybe you do need to frequent it as often. We <laughs> yeah. all need to like adopt a neighborhood place and just make <laughs> sure to go there. It's uh, it's just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still do need to talk about the hottest openings. And it is always so exciting when a place ends up being new and good. But the first one on your list is a longtime place that I honestly had not even realized had closed. And that is the Tenderloin Room. So Heather, tell us what is going on, what has gone on with the Tenderloin Room to get it back on this list of hottest openings. Yeah, so obviously it's another institution, but has uh, seen new life now. It's in the Chase Park Plaza in the Central West End. Um, It closed a little while ago. And then um, Bob Brazell, Ben Strake, and Rick DeStefane bought it. They renovated it. Um, just sort of zhuzhed up the interior. It still has the classic stained glass ceiling in the bar, um, but there are new banquettes. Uh, It's still white tablecloth, very formal, um, but it looks amazing. It's a really good update to a classic steakhouse feel. It has that uh, sort of combination of formality. Uh, It would be great for a business occasion, but it's also kind of romantic, um, very dim lighting. It's a really beautiful space. It's interesting. Bob Brazell um, is probably best known for Bird and Barrel, which is, Mm -hmm. I'd say, more of maybe a hipster chicken spot (laughs) in Cherokee. It seems like such a different vibe from this. It is. Um, He's known for his very casual food, sort of like junk foodie type stuff, but he's super talented um, and has experience in more fine dining. Um, And that comes through. It's sort of a it's, I mean, it's definitely not like a hipster feeling in the Tenderloin Room at all, um, but it 
it has that attention to detail and quality. Um, I know that they've improved some of the meat that they get in. They're doing dry aging for the steaks. Um, and the vegetable sides are great, too. We just got um, like a broccolini and a mushroom dish that were super simple but really well done. Um, so you can definitely see his touch on the menu. And this place is so old school. Um, even as it's new, they're doing Bananas Foster. Yes, table side. Uh, I could not resist when I was there. So they they pour the liquor over things and light it on fire right next to your table. It's like a big show. Uh, that was excellent. So it sounds like sort of a special date night kind of place to go out to. Definitely. And the price point reflects that. Um, but it is, it's worth a special occasion for sure. Now, Mira, I want to talk about a different place, and that's Noto. I understand this is also um, not a brand new concept, but it's more of a changing one as well. That's right. Uh, so Wayne and Kendall Sieve opened pizza, uh, Noto Pizza in January, but her family, Kendall's family, had Noto Bakery in St. Charles, and then they moved to St. Peter's in this current space. And then in 2018, Wayne and Kendall opened up their food truck, Noto Food Truck, where they were sort of testing the concept for the restaurant and just seeing what worked, what didn't, what flavors people responded to, and and using that as kind of a blueprint for the things that they would do at the brick-and-mortar space. And so when they opened in January, it was like, it's like you said, people kind of were familiar with the brand, and they've had such a rush of people every day. When we talked to Mm -hmm. them, they were just like, people are so happy that we're here, and the food is really great. Um, So the pizzas are Neapolitan compliant, which means that they meet the standards set by the AVPN, which is basically an organization that certifies you as a Neapolitan pizzeria. So you're following all of their rules from the kind of ingredients that you're using and the amount of ingredients you're putting on the pizza, the way it's cooked, everything. Like it's such a rigorous kind of set of standards. And they're sourcing uh, really high-quality ingredients, too, from Italy and Sicily. Like, their salt is from Sicily. It's mm. like, okay, this is, they're really taking it seriously, and um, it's reflected in the in the flavors. And so some of the things we had, the noto salad, which is just like, I love an Italian salad, but it was just so good. It's mixed greens, artichokes, Parmesan, and a creamy Italian dressing. Mm-hmm. And we love the margarita and the marinara pizza. So uh, Wayne was really trying to encourage me to get the marinara pizza. And I was like, you know, I don't even really eat meat anymore. So it's like cheese is all I have left. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we sacrificing this? But um, it's not just red sauce on a pizza. It's got um, oregano. It's got garlic. It's got all these additional flavors to it to really create. It's a different, separate thing other than what you think, like just like red sauce on bread. Um, so it works without cheese. It does work. And then if you're desperate for cheese, as I was, you can <laughs> request some pecorino on the side, which is totally, it makes it, it takes it to the next level, of course. But, um, you know, we tried a bunch of things. there. eggplant pizza, great. Pepperoni pizza with Mike's hot honey, great. And do not miss their dessert, their bombolini, which is basically donuts. And it's served with a pistachio cream dipping sauce, which is just insanely good. It's one of the best desserts that I've had in a long time. So that well, that's make it back to the office. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign. Well, that's something of a rave for Noto in St. Peter's. Um, and then the, the third pick on this month's uh, list is less a restaurant than a place you're calling an adults-only playhouse. Heather, tell us about Recess. This is uh, Recess STL. It's like a 
gigantic warehouse full of yard games. So when I walked in, there was this lion inside the door. I was like, what is going on? Um, you have to sign a waiver <laughs> to get in. It's a $5 cover on a weekdays and $10 on the weekend. And I didn't know really what to expect. I'm not a huge like frat party kind of a vibe person, um, but it was really fun. And I was really impressed by how they designed the space. Um, there are lounge areas. There's a place with picnic tables. All of the game areas are divided up in reasonable ways. Um, there's everything from bocce ball to ping pong um, bags. And then there's something called air bowling, which I hadn't seen before, which is um, just like a bowling setup, but with a football. Uh, so you're throwing footballs <laughs> at and bowling, uh, bowling pins? pins. Yeah, is that the reason for the waiver that footballs are just being chucked I have through the to air? Imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else dangerous in this place. No, other no. Than... And there are some lower key games like Giant Connect Four and Jenga that you can play on those um, uh, tables by the bar. Um, it is. It's sort of a low key bar, mostly beer uh, and on draft and in cans. But they have a great selection. They've got like local breweries from Second Shift to Four Hands to Schlafly and everything. Um, so it was it was much more fun than I was anticipating. We stayed like a super long time. Now, you said you're not a big fan of the frat party kind of vibe. Is it a frat party kind of vibe in there? I'm not less than I was expecting. Like I said, the, the branding is really slick. Um, the way that they designed everything looks really cute. Um, I was sort of thought I'd be walking into an empty warehouse full of like one keg and a bunch of games, um, but it's it's designed really nicely. It seemed to be all different kinds of people enjoying themselves and having a good time. Um, it's it, I would recommend going for sure. So that's Recess STL in the Grove. And last question here. I understand that this is a temporary space. What are their bigger picture plans? Um, I don't think they know yet. I know uh, the space is going to be used for something else, so there is a time limit, but they don't know exactly when uh, they'll be forced to move out. It really doesn't feel like a temporary space, um, but I know they're looking at a second location, so it's even if it uh, moves, it will continue its life. Okay. Well, Heather Hughes-Huff, Sauce Magazine Managing Editor. Thank you so much for giving us the scoop. And Mira Nagarajan, a Sauce Magazine Art Director. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.